Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Nitwit Show. I'm that Nitwit, bro. Thank you so much for stopping by, saying hi, uh, spending some time listening to the podcast today. I just wanted to say thank you for listening again. This podcast is available all over the place, depending on your your needs, your wants, your desires. This show is available on Fridays on YouTube, and the audio version is up on Fridays. Uh, today is Thursday when I record this, so if you're hanging out in the Twitch chat, uh, watching this live, thank you for hanging out uh, live while we do this. But like I said, this podcast is available all over the place, so if you're listening to the audio version, if you're watching the video version, whatever the case may be, I always want to say thank you. And uh, let's get let's get right into it. Um, been a week, man. Been a week. I got uh, a ton of news to to cover. I was kind of unsure how to order and kind of handle some of these these news topics. Um, but I figure we should cover probably the biggest success in gaming right now. One of the biggest success stories uh, in games right now. So let's, let's without further ado, like, let's get right into this show today. Uh, talking about Warner Brothers Multiverses. Multiverses, if you uh, have not had a chance to check it out. Uh, well, I haven't had a ch chance to check it out, but I, I do know what it is. Multiverses is Warner Brothers' uh, take on the Super Smash Brothers uh, style of fighting games. They also refer to them as platform fighters. Some people argue that... Uh, <laughs> some people argue that the Smash Brothers style of fighting games are not real fighting games at all. You know, platform fighters, brawlers, whatever you want to call them. We can call them fighting games. I don't know. Some people are going to get mad about that. Some people aren't. Uh, but you cannot deny uh, its success. Uh, Multiverse's open beta is a day old and already attracting 140,000 plus players on Steam. Uh, this is a uh, this is a story from uh, GameDeveloper.com. The beta for Warner Brothers answer to Super Smash Brothers is doing well for itself and may spell a may spell. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Like the casting, uh, casting a spell. No, I'm joking. Like spelling out a word uh, may spell a bright future for the full release. So um, Warner Brothers and Player First Games IP crossover multiverses uh, only released its beta yesterday and already uh, sports a very high player count as a tight writing. Uh, the concurrent. Uh, so as the time of this writing, when is this article written? This article was written uh, just yesterday. So uh, as of yesterday, it had a concurrent player count on Steam of 113,148, not too far removed from its 24-hour peak of 144,456 players. You know, it's free-to-play game, right? It's it's free-to-play game. It's it's you know it's an open beta. Um, so I think that makes sense. I think having such a strong, at least a strong start, makes a ton of sense. Um, but the other thing is that they've been really smart about this game. Like this, like this game has. I think this game has something to it, and and I I wish I have had the chance to check it out, and uh, I will one of these days. Maybe maybe we'll do that on. Uh, maybe we'll do that on an upcoming show. Mess around with this. But anyways, multiverses, you have, you know, you have such characters as Shaggy Roberts from Scooby-Doo, Batman, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, uh, Arya Stark. Um, uh, uh, I'm laughing only because I feel like of all the characters that I've listed so far that you can play as in this game, Arya Stark from, uh, uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh, maybe sticks out a little bit as like not super kid friendly when you also have Superman and you also have 
LeBron James. Uh, yes, the the King James himself is in uh, is in multiverses. But anyways, you know, multiverses, a free to play game, Smash Brothers style games are incredibly popular. But I feel like, you know, every time one comes around, like sometimes they get popular, and you know, Brawlhalla has been a very popular game or was a popular game. I also never played Brawlhalla. I feel like for me personally, if it's not Smash Brothers, it's kind of nothing, but um, nothing has really come along that I feel like piques my interest regardless of the free-to-play nature of the beast. Uh, quite like Multiverses, so I'm excited to play it. Um, uh, Multiverses is going to be coming to everything eventually, but right now, uh, open beta, so free to, you know, free to mess around, try it out as a Continue to develop it, update it, work on it, and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, go along. You know, I think the success is going to be in in how, you know, people are able to unlock their characters. Uh, I know that they're selling, like, character tokens. So if we go to the... I'm just going to quickly do this right now. I don't know how long this is going to take. If you load up the Steam store right now and see kind of what their... Um, what they're selling, right? You want to know, like, what are they actually selling? If this is a free-to-play game. Like, what what is available? And if you go over here to the store page for just a quick moment, uh, you will see that free-to-play game, but they're selling three different editions of the game uh, if you want it. Uh, so they have a standard edition, a founder's pack. They have a, a deluxe edition founder's pack and a premium edition founder's pack. Uh, I'm going to list the Canadian pricing here. Your pricing may vary. Uh, 50 bucks for the standard edition, 80 bucks for the deluxe edition, and 129 for the premium edition. But what do you get? Yes. Well, first of all, if you get something like the premium edition, you get 30 character tokens for instant unlocks. So, you know, there's going to be a wide variety of characters in the game. So, um,. You know, pick your characters to unlock uh, as soon as you want. I guess you can't get 30 Shaggies or 30 um, Bat... Batmen? Batman. 30 Batmans. 30 Batmans in a room. Anyways, um, so you got your character unlock tokens as, as well as some Battle Pass stuff, some, you know, cosmetics. Uh, they're also going to have some type of currency in the game that you can unlock. In this case, it's called Gleamium. Gleamium, you're going to get 2,500 Gleamium. Again, that's if you buy the Premium Edition uh, of the game. Uh, but anyways, that is, uh, that is that, um, for that game. Hopefully it continues to take off and continues to be successful. People seem pretty happy with it, you know, playing again, watching some gameplay footage, you know, LeBron James dunking on, um, one of the guys from, uh, Adventure Time, uh, whatnot. So yeah, player first games, Warner Brothers, uh, really coming through with this, uh, with this, uh, multiverses game. Excited to see, uh, what the future has in store for this title. Uh, speaking of the future, the future of GTA 5 uh, has been reported. Um, uh, sorry, not GTA 5. Well, G GTA 5 will probably never stop being a thing, but uh, correction, the future of GTA 6 has been reported on. Uh, GTA 6 co-stars a woman will be more culturally sensitive, uh, as reported uh, by Kotaku. Uh, Kotaku is reporting on a Bloomberg report, so six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon and all that stuff. But uh, according to Bloomberg, GTA 6 will star a pair of characters loosely inspired by the infamous robber duo Bonnie and Clyde. The female character will be Latina, and the game story will take place in a fictional version of Miami, Florida, and its surrounding areas. Rockstar declined to comment on this report. 
So take what you say with a grain of salt, but this is probably the biggest news coming out of Grand Theft Auto in a long time, at least in terms of what the you know, kind of what the future of that game is going to be, what the what, what GTA 6 is supposed to look like. Um, keep in mind that the last Grand Theft Auto game, Grand Theft Auto 5, came out back in 2013. So Grand Theft Auto 5 is, for all intents and purposes, a 10-year-old game. 10 years! You know, think back to the, you know, there was not a 10-year gap between uh, GTA 4 and GTA 5. There was, you know, not the same 10-year gap when they were putting out those uh, GTA games on, you know, PlayStation 2. That being said, their game development was different back then, and yada, yada, yada. I get it, I get it, I get it. But, like, 10 years is a long-ass time to wait for a new game. Um, I... I have some concerns about the public, you know, kind of opinion of Grand Theft Auto 6. I think absolutely be able to play as a woman. I think playing as a woman sounds like a fabulous time. I'd love to murder cops as a woman. That sounds fabulous time. Run over pedestrians, shoot cops, steal cars. Women can do that too. Come on. We live in a progressive society here. It's the people who play Grand Theft Auto 6 that I think I might have some concerns with. Not that I'm painting all these, you know, GTA players with a broad brush or something, but um, my brief time with uh, GTA Online has led me to wonder how tolerant the hardcore GTA fan base really is. When it comes to things like women in video games or the idea of having a more culturally God, GTA 6 and culturally sensitive are two words that should not go together not because I don't actually think they should go together but because like GTA for so long has been just like this farce rah rah like bad bad really bad parody of American culture and things like that like Oh, you're shooting, you know, like fake Facebook executives or blowing up fake Facebook executives in GTA 5. So minor spoilers for GTA 5. There's a fake Facebook guy and you kill him. There's a torture scene in, in, in GTA 5. Like there's horrible stuff that happens in those games. And the idea of it being culturally sensitive, I think, or at least trying to be, if this report is even correct, is an interesting one. Um... You know, those Rockstar games have never been without controversy, right? Even even like more innocent type games like Bully, and, and I say innocent in the loosest sense of the word. Um, so to me, like, yeah, women should be able to murder cops in video games. This isn't this isn't fucking rocket science or anything like that. Plus, you can already play as a woman in uh, GTA Online and in. Uh, Red Dead Redemption online as well. I also like found that Red Dead was probably their best story like Maybe not necessarily from like a culturally sensitive standpoint. I mean the Wild West was a fucking bad time for all involved ah, Some people got it worse and they actually to, to Red Dead Redemption 2's defense. They do try to uh, Cover to some extent uh, how some people got really fucked over uh, in the Wild West times. But again, people want to argue that, oh, GTA 6 is going to be woke. Like, what does that even mean? What does woke mean? 
we can't get mad now. It's way too early in the game to get mad now, right? Like, we're not gonna, it's like, seriously. I saw people tweeting, getting upset, and it's really, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, put a finger on the pulse of how upset, you know, the community is, how upset gamers are uh, about certain things, but, you know, the GTA games have always been a parody of American culture. The problem is, is that at some point it stopped representing like a, it stopped being a parody it's like it's like at some point gta 5 was no longer a parody it was just the world that you know americans found themselves in right um still to this day but rockstar has also put steps forward and, and i'll believe it when i see it and, or maybe, maybe some more reports can come out confirming this but rockstar the company itself has also put out you know an effort to be a more sensitive company to be a more caring culture uh you know caring culture more nurturing company um so if that translates back over into the games i think everyone benefits i don't think there's anything to worry about like you sitting here being like oh they're gonna put a bunch of fucking pro choice shit in my gta like fucking whatever don't even worry about it you are still going to shoot thirty thousand cops in the face before uh your credits roll in uh gta 6 so don't worry about it there's gonna be swearing there's gonna be rap music there's gonna be rock music there's gonna be all the things that your parents told you uh not to listen to not to enjoy you know video games are the devil rah 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 so don't worry like there's gonna be bad shit in gta 6 uh whether you whether you play as a, a latina woman or not Fucking get over yourselves, everybody. It's just a video game. Will be fine. She'll probably, like, be horrible, right? She'll probably be a terrible character, too. Like, I think about the characters in, in GTA Five. like, well, you got Franklin, you got Trevor, and you got Michael. GTA Five, right? Frank, you play as Franklin, Trevor, and Michael. F Franklin's probably the only redeemable character of the main, you know, the main cast. But Jesus Christ, you know, he does some bad shit himself nobody's as bad as trevor trevor is like fucking irredeemable scumbag and there are choices that you can make in that game to address how you know things go for him um in some way shape or form but don't worry about it it's gonna be fine there's nothing to complain about that is of course unless you're a destiny 2 player <sighs> moving on to this bungee story here this is from gameindustry.biz Bungie planning reduced communications with players following harassment. The fucking internet is at it again, man. It is one thing to say, hey, I don't... Please understand that we're talking about, like, people being angry about two very stupid things. One thing to get, like, angry or upset about the idea of playing as a woman, a, a, you know, a, a Latina woman... In Grand Theft Auto 6. It is another thing to bully the people that are making Destiny 2. Developers say real threats have been made towards staff. Want to ensure folks are safe and taken care of. Did you guys not listen when people told you it's just a game? <sighs> Let's read this game industry.biz story a little bit. Uh, Bungie has cut back on communications with players through social channels, claiming employees at the firm have faced harassment and threats. 
In a Reddit post, community manager GMG04 said that the harassment goes beyond rude replies on Twitter or vague comments and stated there have been real threats towards the studio and the people working within it. As a result, employees at the Destiny 2 Maker are temporarily pulling back from online conversation with players as the team plans ways to protect itself from such things in the future. You want a better video game. You want a better Destiny 2. You cannot fucking harass the people that are making Destiny 2. This is it is that simple. It is that it is cut and dry. You want a best, better Destiny 2. You better make damn sure that the people making Destiny 2 can make the best game possible. Doesn't matter if their last update was broken. Doesn't matter if the, the the last patch changed something that you don't like. Doesn't matter if there's new DLC. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. You can vote with your wallet. It is a free-to-play game. Destiny 2 is free-to-play. Guess what? If no one showed up to play it, if no one bought any more season passes, if nobody bought any more of the other bullshit that they sell in that game, you stop buying the expansion. Guess what? They would make a way better Destiny 2 real quick. Real quick. You just can't harass them. You just, you gotta leave these people the fuck alone. Um, they go on to say, none of it, uh, this is a quote, uh, none of it's meant to be punishment to the people who can leave clear and respectful feedback for our developers, mind you. This is DMG04 um, saying this. Uh, there are no instances at Bungie where people actively look at a conversation and plan retaliatory actions towards our player base via hot fixes, updates, or calm strategies. Oh, you're upset that the shotgun in Destiny 2 isn't very good and then you got upset about it on Twitter? Bam, now they just made a worse shotgun in Destiny 2. Like, it doesn't work that way. It, no. I can't. Oh, my God. Like, I have been upset. I have not liked the changes that online games have made in the past. I've not liked changes that have been made to single-player games in the past. Like, I have woken up one day and found that the game that I liked was changed in a way that I might not ever go back to. I did not harass the developers, the people making it in the process. It's fucking absurd. It's fucking ridiculous. Man, that's fucking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Leave the developers alone. There are effective channels to get your message across. And there are people that are looking at those channels, looking at those messages coming in. If they're respectful, if they're helpful, if they're useful pieces of feedback, they are considered. De uh, Bungie has gone as far as to say that. But harassing them on Twitter, threatening them. Man, fuck you. You don't even get, you don't even deserve to play Destiny 2. Like, I think Destiny 2 is a good game. I think Destiny 2 is fun. As a free-to-play game, like, it's probably one of the free-to-play games I'd recommend to anyone uh, over just about anything else. I mean, sure, you could go and play Warframe or whatever. Destiny 2 is a pretty good game. You're lucky to have it. As far as I'm concerned. Um, kind of moving on from, you know, developer player relations to developer developer relations uh, of some form. Uh, former Deus Ex boss unloads on Square Enix. If that's not a porn parody title, I don't know what is. Uh, Stefan Diastas, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, does not mince words when it comes to the studio's former owners. Um, a little bit of context. In May, uh, Japanese publisher Square Enix announced it was selling a number of Western studios it had owned since 2009, including Eidos Montreal that made Deus Ex and Crystal, Dim uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Crystal Dynamics that made the Tomb Raider games. It was an interesting, it was an interesting announcement because for so long, it just seemed like Square Enix hated every Western, you know, developer that it owned. They could never do anything right. Oh, you made that first Tomb Raider game? Oh, it was garbage. It was shit. It didn't sell well. We're still going to make another one, though. Oh, you made a sequel to that Tomb Raider game that sold like garbage and nobody liked? Oh, well, uh, you know, Microsoft helped us with, with that next with that last one. But we're going to do the third one ourselves. So we're going to make this thing a whole goddamn trilogy. Oh, and that one sucked, too, and nobody liked it. Like, fuck, like... They made three of those games and Square Enix wasn't happy with any of them. Any of those Tomb Raider games. Which is crazy. Because those games are fine. They're not like amazing. They're not the best, you know. You know. I mean, it. I don't want to say it's like the best of the Tomb Raider games. I feel like if we actually went back and played like old Tomb Raider, we would be like, fuck this. Fuck, fuck running from these tigers. Fuck running from these boulders. These stupid climbing puzzles. The terrible playstation one controls so what i'm saying is they did their damnedest with uh with tomb raider and it was not uh good enough idos montreal though uh holds a real special place in my heart because i'm i'm currently playing through making my way through uh guardians of the galaxy which was the last game um that that studio worked on before getting sold and that's a fabulous game that's one of the best superhero games out there as far as i'm concerned in terms of like Big budget, triple A. Uh, speaking of Square Enix games, it also blows that Guardians of the Galaxy game blows that Avengers game out of the water. That Avengers game is not good, in my opinion. As a single player game, as a multiplayer game, as a story based game, you are better off skipping it and playing something else. But that Guardians of the Galaxy game, whoo, straight fire, as far as I'm concerned. Straight, straight fire. Amazing, amazing soundtrack. That's why I'm not streaming it is because I don't want to get the, the licensed music taken down. You know, shooting shooting aliens to, to take on me with Groot and Rocket Raccoon and the whole gang. It's a fun game, and it's a shame that, you know, Square Enix had burned so much goodwill with its uh, Western developers that they basically sent that game out to die. Like, that game came out last year, November last year, Guardians of the Galaxy last year, and fucking nobody played it because everyone had given up on you know, Square Enix's Western studios and the, the marketing reflected that and all that stuff. We go on to win awards, you know, like best narrative. I believe it was best narrative uh, at the Game Awards. But, um, man, it's just such a shame to see, uh, to see these studios fall from grace and through no fault of their own. Like, I th those Tomb Raider, people like those Tomb Raider games. Those pe people like those Tomb Raider games. I played through the first one and I, I didn't mind it. I never got around to playing the second or the third, um, but whatever. There's only so much time in the day. Um, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read some of these quotes. Oh my god, these quotes. This guy. Sorry, uh, I, I'm not too sure, but Stefan Diastis has some shit to say. I'm gonna read all of these quotes. The pressure was starting to build, and my employees towards me, me towards my superiors. I think people are in crisis situation where there's a lot of situations. I think people are in a crisis situation where there's a lot of situations. Okay, this is the quote. I'm just reading it as it is. You do see their core behavior values and I didn't like what I saw. There was 
really a lack of leadership, courage, and communication. When you don't have those basic things, no employee can do their job correctly, especially when you're heading a studio. So straight up saying like, they didn't give me the tools to do the job. My interpretation. I was losing hope that Square Enix Japan would bring great things to Eidos. I was losing confidence in my headquarters in London. Uh, that's where Eidos was, and then they opened the Montreal studio. And anyways, Eidos has a couple of studios around the world. Or at least they did at the time. Uh, and in their annual fiscal reports, Japan would always add one or two phrasings saying, we were disappointed with certain games. They straight up fucking, it became a running joke with uh, with uh, Square Enix that they were straight up disappointed in some of these titles. Uh, so we were disappointed with certain games. They didn't reach expectations. And they did that strictly for certain games that were done outside of Japan. Yeah, you know, Square Enix putting zillions and zillions of dollars into Final Fantasy, into Kingdom Hearts, and all this stuff. Never once complained about those. Never once complained about those, for, for better or for, for worse. I mean, those games were also incredibly popular. Uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts is popular in, in spite of itself and everything about it, it seems. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that is that, uh, one second here. I'm going to read this other quote very quickly because it does not sound like a healthy relationship, um, which is, I guess why, you know, Square Enix decided to sell them off. If I read between the lines, Square Enix Japan was not committed as we hoped initially. And there are rumors, obviously, that with all these activities of mergers and acquisitions, that Sony would really like to have Square Enix in their, within their wheelhouse. I heard rumors that Sony said they're really interested in Square Enix Tokyo, but not the rest. So I think Square Enix CEO uh, Yosuke Matsuda-san put it like a garage sale. So kind of, uh, kind of you know, anticipating that maybe Square Enix is looking to sell then sell themselves, you know, to Sony potentially after selling off, um, you know, a lot of their Western studios to the Embracer group. That's right. They were embraced by the Embracer group. The Embracer group's weird. One day Embracer group will promote games and their business will make sense to me. Um, but until then, man, pour one out for the guys and, and, and gals and everyone over at all those Square Enix, you know, studios, right? They got the fucking short end of the stick as far as I'm concerned. Especially because, as far as I'm concerned, they made some fabulous games. They really did. No one knew what was... No one knew they were coming out. I don't know what the deal was. But uh, poor one out for those games. And again, I've really been enjoying uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I believe Avengers, for those morbidly curious about Avengers, is out on... So on Game Pass, it's also, I think, out on PlayStation Plus. So at this point, it might as well be a free-to-play thing. But the thing that I didn't like about the Avengers is that, you know, you could play the game completely solo, single-player, all that stuff. But it was the trappings around it, like the menus and the way that it encouraged, uh, the way that it encouraged, um, you know, multiplayer and all that stuff. And actually just the, 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 the presentation, the stuff you did, like it just... It didn't fit. You know, some people really like the story. Some people love the story in in, in Avengers. Um, and, and, and more power to them. Uh, there are the Avengers supporters out there. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's not like the game was a complete trash fire or anything like that. No, 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 no. Um, I just think Guardians of the Galaxy as both like a single player story game, um, but also just as a superhero, you know, 
just what you do in a superhero game, how a superhero game plays in its presentation, uh, does blow Avengers out of the water. Um, moving on to some other uh, Japanese games, and uh, speaking of PlayStation Plus, Japanese games and all that stuff, eight Yakuza games are coming to PlayStation Plus in 2022. So uh, our good friends at Sega are blessing PlayStation Plus players with eight. Repeat, eight. That's all, as far as I know. Pretty sure that's all of them. Uh, let's look at this list. Okay, so uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Like a dragon, touched for the very first time. I think that's how that song goes. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, which is the most recent uh, Yakuza game, uh, is out in August as part of PlayStation Plus. Now, it's interesting the way they're doing this. It's, it's hard for me to um, understand all of it. But Yakuza Like a Dragon is coming to every tier of the PlayStation Plus service. So if you have the Essential tier, tier which is, you know, your monthly games, uh, we're, we're going to cover more of this in, in just a moment, but just work with me for just a moment. You can get it on PlayStation Plus Essential, Extra, or Premium. All right? So any tier gets you Yakuza Like a Dragon when it comes out in August. Uh, Yakuza Zero is also coming out in August. That is going to be on extra or premium. So you got to upgrade. You got to get at least the middle tier for the rest of these Yakuza games. And then in uh, wrapping up in August, uh, we have both Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2. Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2, the remakes of Yakuza 1 and 2. So um, you are basically going to get the most recent Yakuza game, which is a new story, nothing really to do with uh, the past seven Yakuza games. Um, so, you know, also, you know, Yakuza, Yakuza, you know, Like a Dragon was a big departure for the series, switching from action, you know, real-time combat to turn-based, uh, you know, role-playing game uh, combat. So uh, that is, uh, if that's your thing. But yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Yakuza Zero, Kiwami, Kiwami 2, Coming out in August uh, as part of PlayStation Plus. Um, again, you can get the essential uh, tier to get Yakuza Like a Dragon. And then you got to upgrade to get the other ones. And then coming later this year as part of the PlayStation Plus game catalog. I'm reading this off of the PlayStation blog. Uh, we're getting the Yakuza 3 remaster, Yakuza 4 remaster, Yakuza 5 remaster, and Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. That is the last game in the Kiryu uh, Kazuma Kiryu's epic story concludes with Yakuza 6. And then, of course, you get the new game uh, with Ichiban Kasuga in Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, other PlayStation Plus games coming out this month uh, in August. Uh, we are at the end of uh, July. Now, again, keep in mind, PlayStation Plus has this, like, I kind of forget about it because, one, I don't subscribe to PlayStation Plus. I, I subscribe to Game Pass, but I forget that PlayStation Plus is this weird hybrid of the old PlayStation Plus and the new PlayStation Plus. So if you subscribe to just the essential tier, the most basic tier, you will get, you know, uh, three-ish um, new games. Well, not new games. These are all old games. You'll get access. You'll get three free games every month as part of the PlayStation Essentials lineup. You will also get access to multiplayer. This month, you will get the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 version of Yakuza Like a Dragon. 
you will also get the PlayStation 5 and 4 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Remastered 1 and 2, plus the uh, PlayStation 4 version of Little Nightmares. Now, keep in mind that if you have a PlayStation 5, you can play the PS4 versions um, on your PS5, but if you get the PS5 version, you might as well get the PS5. So that is how they are doing it in... Um, with PlayStation Plus is the basic tier, the essential tier, still gets you access to three games that rotate out every month. Uh, as long as you get them and add them to your shopping cart, add them to your account, they're free to play as long as you subscribe to the service. Whereas with extra and premium, you are getting access to an entire catalog of uh, an entire catalog of games. Um, uh, you know, and that's where that's where I think it's a little weird that the Yakuza stuff is kind of being split up because um one might get you know the essential tier and decide to play yakuza like a dragon and then realize oh shoot i gotta upgrade but to play devil's advocate yakuza like a dragon is the most different of all those yakuza games so maybe you know whatever side of the coin your yakuza coin lands on whatever you know you'll be fine it'll be fine oh my goodness we're gonna take a very quick break and we're going to be right back. We're going to cover some Facebook business. Oh, I'm excited to talk about Facebook. Uh, a new report about Knights of the Old Republic. A uh, University of Oxford study. And we're going to wrap it up with some Nintendo news. So stick around. We'll be right back. We are back, and I got some bad news for you. Bad news from uh, the wasteland, everybody. That freaking Mark Zuckerberg, I'll tell you. Um, I'm going to quickly say this before we cover the story. I think VR is neat. That's about as far as uh, I'm willing to go with VR. I have not seen or experienced anything related to virtual reality that convinced me it's the future. That's convinced me I need to get to the metaverse anytime soon. That's convinced me I want to make sure that I buy Jordan Nike Air Jordans that, you know, are compatible with my avatar the same way they're compatible compatible with me. So excuse me for like being a little doom and gloom with this story, but here we go. I'm just going to read the headline from Kotaku. Facebook jacks up price of one of the affordable VR headsets. So uh, everyone's favorite evil company, Meta, sorry, everyone's favorite social media company uh, needs an extra handout. So um, beginning in August, the Meta Quest 2 will go from $300 to $400 for the 128 gigabyte model and 400 to 500 for the 256 gigabyte model so they are jacking up the price of this thing by a hundred bucks that's about 33 percent increase um now here's the funny thing the quest 2 vr has kind of been out for a while like you don't often see this type of shit in the world right like in the world of consumer electronics you know the quest 2 came out in october of 2020 you know it's almost 2023. 20, well, not quite, but it'll get there. Do you mean to tell me that, like, Facebook has gone so broke, the economy has gone so bad, or maybe Mark Zuckerberg has gotten so greedy? Who can say? 
since October 13th, 2020, that they need to jack up the price of this thing by 100 bucks. Now, there have been plenty of times where the Oculus Quest has been on sale, that the Oculus Quest has had promos, and all of that stuff. I get it. But so rarely do we see consumer electronics do this without a new version coming out. Am I wrong? You know, like, I'm not saying that we should have a Quest 3 anytime soon, but the Quest 3 probably should have been the price of whatever this Quest 2 is going to turn into, right? It just just doesn't make sense. And, you know, so the, the traditional con the console kind of release has always been, you know, sell the console, sell the headset, whatever, at a loss, and make up for it with um, software sales. So, you know, PlayStation might put out a console... And they might sell it at cost, right? It's like, hey, like, we're paying 500 bucks to put this shit together. You are giving us 500 bucks to get this, right? Um, but we will instead charge you, you know, 80, 90, 120, whatever the price is for the game. And you'll buy enough games that will make up for it uh, along the way. At least that kind of was the traditional uh, business model. Sell it at a loss, potentially sell it at cost. Uh, Nintendo... Uh, I believe one of the few companies that was like, fuck that. We're getting paid, son. You want Mario? Fuckers? You're getting Mario and you're paying every goddamn dollar for him. Both the console and the software. Um, while it's a hard pill to swallow, I'm going to read some of this Kotaku stuff. While a hard pill to swallow from a company that made over $7 billion in profits last quarter, the temporary retreat isn't shocking in the face of recent market turmoil. I think you're giving the market too much credit. Too much credit. You're going to sit here and tell me, oh, poor Mark Zuckerberg, man. He can't. He just can't afford it, right? You know, Facebook spending all this time. And I, I didn't mean to turn this into a tech story, a, a tech podcast. But, you know, you got Facebook fucking around. Trying to turn, you know, Instagram into TikTok. Instagram is just TikTok for old people as far as I'm concerned. Has been for a while, whether you want to admit it or not. An overhaul of Facebook and Instagram apps to try to copy TikTok resulted in a very public backlash by the Kardashians. You got the Kardashians. You got these people who are like ruining the planet by flying for 18 minutes when they could have driven a car for, you know, an hour and a half or whatever. Even being like, wow, Mark, you've gone too far. Um, so Meta, Facebook, all that stuff. Meta, you know, they seem to be in a real tough spot, you know, with for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think they're doing themselves no favors by charging $100 more for a headset that is uh, quite a few years old at this point. I just, I just don't understand. But you know what? Maybe they'll figure it out. You know, I've, I've tried... The Oculus, I think I tried maybe the original Oculus, not the developer headset, but the original Oculus, and I, I enjoyed it. I've also tried the HTC Vive, so I think those, that first wave of headsets I did have a chance to try out. Um, I, was at a, I was at a store in the mall. I was at a technology, I'm not going to name the store. I was at a technology store in the mall, and this store was not busy. Not busy at all, and they sold, <laughs> they sold, uh, you know, the headsets and all that stuff, and they were doing demos, and uh, they would just let you play whatever you wanted for as long as you wanted to play it. So when I tried out these headsets, I got to try some shooting games, 
I got to play Job Simulator. Job Simulator is a fabulous game. Um, probably my favorite, you know, game in VR from from what I've played. I've never had the chance to play the PlayStation VR headset, so I, I guess I'd say that. Never had a chance to try the, the PlayStation headset, but I did have a chance to check out the Vive and the uh, original Oculus, and it was fun, but, like, is it is it $500 plus games fun? Eh, I think that's why I like the idea of the, of the you know, Oculus Quest being standalone. Like, I, I you know, the idea of, like, you are running the games on the headset. You're not plugging it into a computer. You're not plugging it into a console, you know, computer console, none of that stuff, right? You think about some of the other quests, you know, sorry, not some of the other quests, some of the other headsets that do require a very expensive, powerful PC to run these games in virtual reality. Or in the case of the PlayStation headset, you need to buy the console on top of the headset, at least to give, uh, you know, meta props. They did eventually turn the quest to the meta quest to it used to be called Oculus, but whatever. Changing that headset to being standalone, which I think was a smart decision, but still it comes off as an expensive investment once they start to jack up the price. But you know what? Maybe they'll figure it out. I don't have hopes. Speaking of things I don't have a lot of hopes for, some bad news coming out of the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Report uh, from Bloomberg uh, being co-reported or rep reporting on the... Re you know, I don't really know what's going on with the news. They report on reports. Is this the Colbert report? I don't understand. Uh, but anyways, Bloomberg has uh, stated that uh project's been put on pause. Straight up. The whole project's been put on pause. You might remember a brief trailer back in 2021 that uh, showed off the game. Now you think in brief trailer, okay, you know, like, you know, they were on the right track. No, they were not on the right track. They were not on the right track when they announced that trailer. You know why? Because that trailer was one minute long and most of it was total fucking darkness. It was like some person talking and I think you see a lightsaber and it's a minute of just like mostly darkness. So when they announced that, I was not like, oh, well, man, can't believe, you know, like this is going to work out so well. Like this is going to be so awesome. They clearly have a game ready to go. No, there was hardly anything to show. Uh, Aspire Media is the company that's working on it and uh, they have experienced some major staff departures. Uh, both their art director and the design director were unexpectedly let go from the company. A recent vertical slice of the demo of the game was well received by license holders, so I guess Disney was like, yeah, looks good. Though, so, I don't know, you get a bunch of suits in a in a room looking at a Star Wars game, and that's how you end up with fucking Battlefront 2. At least when Battlefront 2 launched. It was the suits were the reason for that. However, later messaging to the rest of the development team suggested that the project wasn't where the studio leadership wanted to be. Well, you hardly had any studio leadership. So you you let go all your you let go some of your studio leadership. You showed it to a bunch of people who worked at Disney, and then you were like, uh, we don't know what we're doing. We don't really think this is the right thing. Uh, developers at Aspire are reportedly now stating that 2025 would be a realistic time frame to expect the project to be released. I will believe it when I see it. That and Vampire Vampires 2. That's what it's called, right? What's that, that like, long-delayed vampires? Yeah, those games will come out at the same fucking time. I'll believe it when I see it. But it's a shame, right? Because, like, Star Wars has quite the legacy with gaming, and the original Knights of the Old Republic, while I've never played it, you know, holds us, you know, just as Game Informer says here. 
holds a special place in video game history. The original 2003 game was a significant milestone in successful and original video game storytelling in the Star Wars franchise and featured a memorable twist regarding a main character's identity. I don't know what that twist is. You're Luke Skywalker and Luke Skywalker's your dad. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Uh, the game also popularized some of the choice-driven and moral decision-making that became so popular in later games like Mass Effect. I mean, to give Knights of the Old Republic credit, I probably wouldn't like Guardians of the Galaxy as much as I do because... Guardians of the Galaxy incorporates like, you know, conversation choices and player choices and whose side are you on sort of thing. And, um, you know, it might not have like the ambition, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy might not have the ambitious branching storytelling that something like Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect did. But if it wasn't for those games, like I wouldn't be enjoying the stuff I'm playing today. So uh, I want to put some respect on uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I hope that, you know, you know, that uh, remake uh, comes out and people like it, but at this point, who can fucking say? Who can say? I want to switch gears a little bit with this news story. Um, this is our second to last news story of the day, and I think it's a, I think it's an interesting kind of, you know, we grew up, if you grew up in the satanic panic era, if you grew up in the comic books are bad era, if you grew up in the heavy metal rap music and you know, wrestling and, and video games are bad era. You might be interested to hear what the University of Oxford has to say about video games, uh, which is to say a university. This is from GameIndustry.biz, the story. Um, university of Oxford study says playing video games doesn't affect your mental well-being. And I think that well, what do you think? First of all, university says Playing video games doesn't affect your mental well-being. I think that's bullshit. They have never played Castlevania. <laughs> you mean to tell me that trying to beat Dracula and Castlevania doesn't get your blood boiling? Doesn't make you want to do things, whatever those things are? I'm not incriminating anybody. A new study from the University of Oxford has revealed that playing video games doesn't affect a person's well-being. As reported by The Guardian, the study tracked the habits of nearly 40,000 people. They were asked to track information such as if they were playing for fun, to socialize, and or to meet goals within games. I'm Every time I play a video game, I'm just trying to get a girlfriend. I just want, I'm so lonely. I will play GTA 6 as a woman if she is my girlfriend. So that's my goal when I play games. It has not affected my well-being whatsoever so far. All right, now, uh, here's a quote um, from one of the Oxford researchers. With 40,000 observations across six weeks, we really, gave increase in, we really gave increases and decreases in video game play a fair chance to predict emotional states in life satisfaction, and we didn't find evidence of that. Uh, sorry, didn't find evidence for that. We found evidence that it's not true in a practically significant way. 40,000 people across six weeks. One of them must have finished uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? Surely someone must have played that. Actually, they have a list of uh, some of the games. Um, an interesting list of games, mostly very popular games. So, you know, nothing, no crazy indie stuff. Uh, Oxford reports... Oxford Report examined the titles Animal Crossing New Horizons, Apex Legends, EVE Online, Forza Horizon 4, Gran Turismo Sport, Outriders, and The Crew 2. So a handful of racing games, 
a handful of, you know, two, two shooters, um, two very different shooters, a like social cozy game in the form of Animal Crossing New Horizons, and then this spreadsheet simulator itself, EVE Online. That being said, EVE Online, also a very social game. So, you know, Apex Legends, you have to play, you know, it's a multiplayer game and you have to play with a squad or duos or however Apex Legends works these days, I don't know. So variety of online games, variety of single player games or solo games and, and all that stuff. Uh, I'll tell you right now, every time I play Forza Horizon, I have a chill time. I'm just usually chill. Actually, that's not true. Sometimes I lose and sometimes I get upset, but it is what it is. Uh, the study also said that people who felt it necessary to play a game expressed that they had the worst satisfaction because of compulsion. So that's an interesting thing, right? Like you, you play games to like people who play games to relax tend to have more fun playing games than people who are like, oh, I really got to get my Apex Legends. You know, I don't want to pick on Apex Legends, but I'm going to use Apex Legends as an example. Oh, I got to get in my daily challenges. I got to get my weekly challenges. I got to rank up. I got to do this. I got to do that. And this is the thing I probably agree with the most is when I find myself, you know, and when I feel it's necessary to play a game, when I need to play a game, that's where I have some of the worst time. That's actually where sometimes I struggle with streaming and making videos and all that stuff of like, oh, got to get up today and I got to make this video, got to do this. And like no one stop, no one's making me play Resident Evil 7. No one made me play Resident Evil 7. I had a fabulous time playing Resident Evil 7. But what if like... All of a sudden, I just changed tune, and I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Or if there's some other thing pulling me towards completing it, right? I think last week we talked about how there's too much, too many video games out there and not enough time. And I think, you know, having, you know, spend a little bit of time reflecting on what uh, Washington Post was kind of covering in that story. I think, uh, I think if you're not having fun with a game, you should immediately stop playing it. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. If you find it hard, if you're getting stuck, I think you should quit and walk away. That doesn't mean, like, never never come back to it or something like that. I just think there's too much time, there's too many video games and not enough time to sit there and bang your head on the same boss battle, the same race, the same whatever. Or, you know, this compulsion to, I gotta play online with my friends, I gotta catch up with everybody, I gotta do these in-game challenges, this in-game, you know, event. Like, that's why I walked away from Outriders. Like, they list Outriders. If I had to play Outriders for six weeks, I probably would fucking lose my mind. Why? Because I don't think the boss battles in that game are very good, so I would have felt this compulsion to, like, beat these boss battles and instead be, uh, les miserables about it as a result. So I don't want to be sad playing video games. I want to have fun. Um, and it seems like this Oxford story, or sorry, this Oxford study anyways, kind of, you know, mentions like when you have, when you play games and you have fun, everything's okay. Study also said, um, oh, sorry, uh, a report was, uh, additionally, uh, the report was basic. For example, they noted that it didn't examine what people are doing as they play games or create an experiment for study. So this is very basic, very basic, but I feel like it kind of covers stuff that we already kind of knew about stuff that we already saw coming um, or felt or experienced uh, over the years as game players. So good to see the Oxford study, the University of Oxford study kind of saying does not negatively affect well-being. We're all good.
very last news story. And this is only because this is kind of me reminding myself that I should consider checking this out. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pack Wave 2 races into action next month. This is from Game Informer. I'm reading this story out of Game Informer. Um, strap in. We're going to talk about Nintendo, all right? Don't often talk about Nintendo on here. First of all, I don't even know where my Nintendo Switch is. I know it's in my room somewhere, but I don't know. I don't know where my, my Switch is right now. But that's okay. Maybe one day I'll find it and I'll play all of these uh, Mario Kart 8 um, tracks. So, during February's Nintendo Direct, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe got a lot of overdue attention. I'm reading this story, by the way. Overdue attention with the announcement of 48 racetracks, new and old, coming to the Arcade Racer by 2023. So, they've been doing this uh, since March of this year and will continue until 2023. The first, uh, the first wave of racetracks, so... First of all, 48 new racetracks. I just want to cover this. 48 new racetracks. That's like as many racetracks as were in the game to begin with, which is really, really crazy. So awesome to see Nintendo support this game. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is a fun game. You know, maybe, maybe always, I feel like a lot of these Nintendo like racing and sports games tend to be a little thin on content. It's not like there's some big story mode or something like that. It's just like, Hey, this is the stuff. These are the golf courses. These are the tennis courts. Play the game. Have fun. Play soccer. Shut up. Don't think about the fact that there's not actually a lot to these games. Uh, first of all, the uh, race course. You're getting 48. You're getting 48 racetracks for 25 bucks. That's 25 bucks a US, I have to imagine. But uh, not a bad price for 48 racetracks, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you will uh, also. If you have the Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion membership, you want to talk about bad online deals. The Nintendo Online service is a terrible deal as far as I'm concerned. But if you play for Nintendo Switch Online plus the expansion uh, membership, you will uh, get instant access to the course. Otherwise, 25 bucks for the course itself. So we're on to wave two uh, of this, uh, of this uh, you know, race course uh, expansion pack. Um, and you're going to be getting some courses from uh, Super. These are remade courses from the Super NES, uh, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo 64, Nintendo DS, Wii, and Mario Kart Tour games. And uh, there are two cups. Uh, so you're getting four, uh, four racetracks out of this Wave 2. And we're going to read all of these right here, right now. Uh, these first four are from the Turnip Cup. This is the Tour New York Minute. I'm going to read the description for all of these titles because I think that's fun. Zip past towering skyscrapers and enjoy a scenic drive through the park in this Big Apple-inspired course originating from the mobile game Mario Kart Tour. This is the SNES Mario Circuit 3. Drift your way around tight corners and avoid the warp pipes in this classic course that originated in the Super Mario Kart on Super NES. Mario Kart 64. This is the N64 track. Calamari Desert. This desert race features frequent run-ins with an old-fashioned steam locomotive that crosses the course. But be careful not to cause any delays. Desert, huh? Waluigi Pinball. Waluigi Pinball. You heard it here first, folks. Launch, bump, and weave across this course themed after a giant pinball table compete, 
uh, complete with colorful lights and sounds. Just try not to tilt. That sounds like a hell of a turnip cup tournament. The Propeller Cup. Tour Sydney Sprint. Soak up the sunshine as you soar above the bay and cruise around the sights in this course that originated in Mario Kart Tour. A lot of Mario Kart Tour tracks. Just got to reuse those because that mobile game maybe wasn't so hot. Game Boy Advance. This is Snowland. Try not to slip and slide on this wintry course from Super Mario Kart Super Circuit. Just remember, cooler heads will prevail. This is the Wii. This is a Wii track. Mushroom Gorge. This course features an underground cavern, deep chasms, and giant mushrooms to spring off of. Make sure you land safely. And finally, Sky High Sunday. The competition may heat up, but that doesn't mean you can't chill out in this sweet race, which is filled with larger-than-life deserts. Uh, sorry, larger-than-life desserts. Dessert and desert. Who would have thought? S's make all the difference. Uh, larger-than-life desert. Uh, desserts. <laughs> I did it again. Uh, larger-than-life desserts at nearly every turn. Prove your number one under the sun day. Uh, day in brackets. Sunday in this debut course. All courses can be locally or on. Uh, all courses can be. I'm losing my ability to read. All courses can be played locally or online starting August 4th. So strap in, buckle up, and take on. That's uh, right. Take two. The Roaring Circuits and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with family and friends. This must have been like the Nintendo press. Oh, this was actually the Nintendo press release. I just did Nintendo's marketing for them. But that makes sense. So all in all. I think uh, I think Mario Kart 8 is cool. It's probably one of the better games to play on the Wii if you've never, you know, sorry, sorry, play on the Wii, play on the Switch. Never played uh, that. Maybe I'll pick it up, but also maybe I should just go back and play some of those tracks first. Like, I feel like when I look at spending money, you know, extra money on a game, I always have to think about like, well, how much did, how much value did I get out of the game that I already bought? And I feel like I could probably ring out a little bit more from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as it is. So maybe if I go back and play the tracks, I'll consider, I'll consider buying this one. But uh, it seems like a pretty decent deal for 25 bucks. Just get them, you know, releasing waves and all that stuff. Something to look forward to. And that's continuing on until 2023. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for, for news. We're just going to quickly cover what is going on this week in uh, the Nitwit uh, streaming super special fun time. That's the name of it. Um, so we're doing the show. The uh, show is recorded Thursdays up on Fridays. That is available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasting. So Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, all that stuff. It's all available. So tell your friends, tell your family. Check out the Nitwit show. On Friday, we're going to be doing a Forza Friday stream. We're back playing some Forza Friday. Going to be checking out some of the uh, Hot Wheels DLC that came out last week. I played a little bit of it. We're going to play some more. And uh, I think we're going to find some time to play uh, some multiverses. Talking about it on the show earlier today got me excited. Going to be checking out some multiverses. I don't know if I'm going to buy into any of the, you know, Founders Edition stuff. Might just check out, see what's available for free. I think that probably makes the most sense because I think most people jumping into this game will be jumping into it for the free-to-play nature and all of that stuff. Uh, I'm Batman. My playthrough of uh, the Telltale Batman series. Uh, we're up to Season 1, Episode 3. Episode 3 is going to be up today as of uh, Thursday. 
Um, so Friday will be already out if you're listening to this podcast on Friday. Scheduling is weird, but just go check out all that stuff. And then finally on Saturday, Scared Out of My Wits continues playing through Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, I'm going to admit it. I am lost in Resident Evil 2. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. We probably spent like 45 minutes yesterday running around looking for stuff. And we, we made progress. Like, like don't get me wrong. We, we made plenty of progress. And I'm, you know, putting valves in different weird areas. And I'm doing all sorts of weird puzzles. There's so many weird puzzles that you have to do in Resident Evil 2. Actually, more so than even... Uh, Resident Evil 7, but we're continuing on with that, and that will be up Saturday mornings um, for you to enjoy. Uh, but you can find everything over at my Linktree, linktree.com slash G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of that jazz. Linktree will take you right there, plus you can also get a link to the Nitwit uh, store if you want to pick up some merch for any uh, for any you know particular occasion. We got mostly t-shirts, so if you're a casual uh, dresser. I think you'll uh, find something you like. That is going to do it for the show today. I have been Nitwit. Thank you so much for stopping by, saying hi, kicking with me today. If you hung out in the Twitch chat, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for listening. And we will see you all again next week with more of the show. Take it easy. <laughs>